Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on? This is Elijah Fire episode number 15. I'm very, very excited about today's episode. We have an amazing woman of God who's got a wealth of knowledge and experience in some crazy stuff. Some A lot of people would deem crazy, but I think it's awesome. And I think a lot of you guys will as well. All right. So my guest today is the founder of Freedom Lounge. Uh, and I'll let her introduce herself a little bit because it's she's awesome. So let's welcome Cindy McGill. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Yeah. Doing great. Lots going on. Lots going on. I get a, <laughs> Always. Yeah. Never a, never a dull moment. So really, no, yeah. there's not anymore, especially yeah. now. Oh, absolutely. So Cindy, yeah. one, of, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is um, obviously we were catering to, you know, a younger audience. And, you know, I was thinking about you specifically, and you have a lot of experience and we can get into that in a second. Uh, but, you know, my generation a lot better than a lot of people in my own generation know our generation, you know, <laughs> in terms of a lot of the problems that you find are um, pretty common amongst, you know, unbelieving millennials or Gen Z or even Gen X. Um, and so, um, Cindy, why don't you just tell a little bit about yourself and your experience? And because uh, you've been you've done some like I mentioned, you've been done some crazy things. <laughs> yeah, crazy maybe uh, in the arenas that we go into. Um, God is extremely creative, so I love to see him work in every situation that we've gotten ourselves into. I was, um, I'm from the Jesus movement, uh, salvation. I was saved in 73, 1973, so that'll age me. Um, And so I, we, pastored my husband and I pastored for like we had four churches and we were in Utah a lot so that was weird um, because we're not Mormon and you know when you're not um, it's just all kinds of things go on so but we had some great encounters we saw God show up and people were they wanted to know about Jesus they wanted to know about miracles they wanted to I mean they felt it was like during the Jesus movement, just so you know, um, there it was like uh, it was a honeymoon time almost mm. when you got born again, and you could ask for anything almost, and God would do it immediately. That's why we joke about you know if somebody gets born again, ask, give them your prayer list because like God's gonna answer everything. Yeah. On there, <laughs> you know, um, but we saw so many creative miracles. We watched legs grow out. We watched. You know, uh, people get healed instantly of gorders and cancers and uh, mm-hmm. any number of things. So we really got our feet wet with the supernatural early on. And um, so I've been around a long time and I've watched a lot of things. And then God began to probably the 2000s, late 1990s, maybe uh, we started having prophetic dreams. We we actually for eight years we were on the Oregon coast so we moved from Utah to the Oregon coast just for eight years and it was like a divine move from God Mm -hmm. and during that time we were in a logging little logging town where nothing was going on the environmentalists had shut the woods down so we were like what is happening here why are we here (laughs) like it didn't it's not even on some maps right it was on the Oregon coast and 
so we started, everyone was so hungry and so desperate for anything. Like we needed to find out what was happening. So we started this thing called push, pray until something happens. Right. Mm. So we just got a small group of people together. It started with like 10 and then we got it down to four, you know, because <laughs> people didn't want to show up to pray. It just felt dead. And you know how when you pray and you feel like your prayers hit the ceiling or whatever. Oh yeah. Well, and then Rick Joyner came out at that time with a Morningstar journal and he's joking around going, well, four of a kind beats a full house, you know, that's poker. Yeah. And so during that time, God began to visit, literally visit us. I'm not kidding. We had a sustained visitation of the Holy Spirit in our little bitty town that was, I thought it was nine months. And we went back to get uh, footage and in, in uh, interviews from people who were with us during that time. And they said, Cindy, it was two and a half years. Mm. And during that time, we started getting downloaded with like dreams. Mm. We knew they were from God. We knew that God was giving us dreams. Um, uh, we had a friend who was a uh, prophetic who called us out in a meeting and said, I see angels over your head. Oh, and it's like, they're giving you night deposits. And we went, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's true. Like these dreams are no joke. Like they're, and so we, it awakened me to dreams more in the prophetic. And then, um, and then uh, gold, of course, uh, it was just the renewal days. It was days when it was, somebody said the dry, the drier, the wood, the bigger, the fire. Mm. And everybody had been through a dry season really hard, you know, and, during that 92, I think 93, maybe to 96 or seven, uh, it was just like a downpour of, of God refreshing people. And yeah. so, you know, during that time we had crazy, um, just great things happening. Like um, people were instantly delivered from meth addiction and they were, um, they were uh, coming like out of the woodwork. We, we had a property um, on 101, Highway 101, and uh, behind the church, and it was in two acres. So we put a great big circus tent out there. <laughs> and um, we had a banner that was supposed to say the party is here. And the telephone poles that it was on were too short. So it said the party is he. <laughs> so hey, said, well, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that works. works. <laughs> so, um, and we just had it full. We didn't have back then, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have things like that. It was all word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And we'd have as many as 300 people in the tent on a weeknight. Uh -huh. And they came from Northern California. They came from uh, Washington State. They came from Idaho. They came from all around mm. to drive, to come and be a part of what was going on there. And it was supernatural all the way around. I mean, it was just, um, it was a wonderful time. Angel visits. Um, I mean, I, I had angels show up all the time in my house. And at first it freaked me out, you know, like I was like, my hallucinating yeah. <laughs> this is real and then um but they were giving me messages and they were yeah. helping us to understand that we're we're in a supernatural time right now where mm -hmm. god's wanting us to be familiar with the kingdom of heaven um more than we were and also igniting the prophetic mm -hmm. so we had a great time with that and that's really what gave me the confidence um, to begin to go into some of the arenas um, with outreach teams yeah. that we and, did. And what kind of, what were some of, what are some of those arenas that you've gone into? 
Oh my goodness. Well, it started with um, New Age. Okay, so I had, I was working at that time for uh, an oral surgeon, and he was a seeker, and um, he had us all go into a New Age um, like a for a weekend. It was like a, a a resort type thing, right? And he thought it would be good for morale for us to go. And I wasn't going to go because I'm like, I'm not new age. I've never been yeah. new age, you know, and all this. And, and the Lord just really convinced me that it was an assignment. So I went in there and um, I was there for the whole weekend. And um, I started getting prophetic words for people. So um, that was my first rodeo, so to speak in that arena and I was standing next to the psychic and the tarot card reader and I was getting words for people that were very specific. And so instead of them, the people attending the event going to the psychic or to the tarot card reader, they were lining up in front of me. Mm. And I was like, this is nuts. I mean, this is crazy. And God was just, just giving them a glimpse of their future and what they were all about. And I wasn't charging. And um, so it was, God was telling me, you know, it's, it, why would they settle for once they find the light? Cause Jesus calls himself the light. He said, why would they settle for a lesser light? Mm, that's right. So I was like, mm, okay, so let's take God in. Like God wants to go in here. He wants to find out. He wants to, he wants to be available to these people because they're seeking. And that was really kind of where it started. Then we moved uh, back to Salt Lake to Utah and I headed up a dream team, uh, dream interpreters for the 2002 winter Olympics. And um, we had like 30 dream interpreters on the streets and going everywhere, interpreting dreams for anyone that attended the Olympics. And, um, and I was, I never felt like I was really good at interpreting dreams. I was getting them, but I wasn't sure I was really good at interpreting. And I did really? take a, all of John Paul's classes. Yeah. John but Paul I was Jackson, still, for those of you who don't Yeah, know. I was still bad at it. I was really not good at it. Mm. And, um, and I was getting ready to go into one place where we had arranged to have a dream interpreters and I was sweating it. I thought I'm no good at this. Like I'm yeah. not getting this and yeah. I'm boring people into a coma because I'm struggling to try and mm. interpret their dream. And the Holy spirit just spoke to me and he goes, will you chill out? He goes, I know how to do this. <laughs> so that was my intro. And I just, I just made it simple and, yeah they were crying and I was crying, but for two different reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, that was how it started for me. Mm -hmm. And then we went into the Sundance film festival. We were there for around 11 years. Uh, that's in park city, Utah. Robert Redford was the host of that festival, independent film, interpreted dreams, made a documentary uh, while we were on the streets. And I went to the burning man festival. I was invited to go. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know anything about it. I had no clue. Um, but uh, when I got out there, I realized, oh, this isn't really any different than the, the new age thing I just came out of, or maybe a pagan event or something, but God's bigger and he's mm -hmm. here. And that's when I learned, honestly, that where sin abounds, grace really does much more abound mm -hmm. because it was real. And um, they had a temple out there at Burning Man so that people 
you know, I found if in my book, um, the words that work, um, I, I labeled three different categories of people that we had found out, did our kind of our own research that they're mm-hmm. the God hardened, the godless and the God confused. Mm-hmm. And that's really where that came from because people were either God hardened. They'd been in church and they hated it and they were pastors, kids, and they'd been, you know, youth leaders, worship leaders, children's pastors, whatever, but they hated the structure of church. They hated the, they hated the suffocation. They're creative. They were meant to be creative and they were being shoved into like a a square little hole. Like you have to be like this. And if you're not like this, then you don't fit in and you're going to, you're going to poison the water hole, so to speak. Remember? Um, And I'm like, these people aren't made to fit in some kind of a box of, mm-hmm. of structure that is so confining. And, and at that time, that's what they felt about church. And they were, instead of self, being celebrated from, for being creative, they were crucified for being mm-hmm. creative. They were labeled and they were, you know, basically, we don't have any room for you. We don't know what to do with you. So they ended up at a place like Burning Man that is full of creatives. And mm. for 10 full days, it's a, it was a festival that gave people radical self-expression. So, mm. and there, there was a temple out there. So they would write their thoughts and they pour out their hearts at the temple. And it was uh, re- new age practices and things would go on there, seances and, you know, Reiki healing and, shamanism whatever else mm-hmm. um i had to learn all that because i didn't i've never yeah. <laughs> i've never been in new age so i had to look yeah. it up i had to look up what they were saying and what that meant um and we would go in as heart healers and um we do heart transformations mm-hmm. and i got that off of a psychic card because she said she does that and i said well actually we do that so um, we do the I real stole, one yeah. <laughs> i know i stole yeah. it and um yeah. and so we'd go in and while they were pouring out their hearts because it was it's all made of wood so they could write out their um you know i'm sorry i aborted you i'm sorry mm-hmm. that yeah. you killed yourself i'm sorry you know and mm-hmm. they would just pour out their heart right for things that they they just it was at it was a time it was very strange it was a a type of what we should be doing when we go to Jesus in prayer, right? And mm-hmm. where we lay it on the altar yeah. and we just, we confess our sins, right? Cause he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but they didn't know about Jesus. They didn't know that he was a lover. He, they didn't know that he's a shame taker. They didn't know that he was a forgiver and restore and repairer. Mm-hmm. He, they didn't know any of that. So they just wrote out whatever they, needed to, to get it off their chest. Like to, to, they had to have a place to put it. So when they wrote it on the wall, um, at the end of the festival, they burned, of course, they burn a lot of the art. That's why it's called burning man. They burn the yeah. man and they burn the temple. And when they burn the temple, it's almost like closure. Mm. It's like, mm, I wrote that and I feel released from that, you know, pain that I was carrying around and all that. Mm-hmm. So, we created Freedom Lounge as a theme camp. That's actually what where we came up with the name because 
it, we were, we know that he who the sun sets free is free indeed, right? So we just thought, well, we'll just make it a lounge. We'll make it a place for people to come. And it's, it, you don't have to be anything or mm-hmm. you don't have to dress up. You don't have to act a certain way. It's a lounge. It's just come in and relax and mm-hmm. be you and don't feel like you're pressured to change. And, um, and we created a menu board that was pretty fun. I, I started using it at the park before at the drum circle in mm-hmm. Salt Lake before I ever took it to Burning Man. So, so what's on the had, menu board? What kind of stuff is well, on the menu board? Things like um, it changed every year because we went with the theme of Burning Man every year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it had things like um, organic restart. Welcome to your new life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's salvation. We had um, original root recovery. That's who are you or who were you when you were made and then before you went all these other ways because of expectations or direction or maybe your cultural upbringing or whatever you went off in all these different ways so who are you really at the core who are you at the root and um and it was kind of cool too because uh when the prophetic activated in the 90s you know with all that stuff going on Mm um i uh, the seer gift came alive in me. So mm. I was able to see God. And again, when you're in environments like this, you, you got to know that God is right with you, right? So mm. he's going to turn it up. Whatever gift you operate is, I don't, I don't consider myself to be highly gifted, but when the chips are down and there's somebody right there and God wants to get a hold of them, I'm highly gifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it goes. It's just... So I could see their heart and I could see radical roots coming out of their heart. And I would just take my hand and prophetically like cut them off, like things that happened when they were two or they were four or they were whatever. And they could feel, um, they could feel like the sever, they could feel the severing of it. And they, they felt the grip leave. And it was a form of, I think, deliverance. I don't know what else to call it. I mean, it just, I could just see what God, how God wanted to do a supernatural thing mm-hmm. inside of them, which I had no ability to do in my normal waking days, right? So God had to do it supernaturally. Then mm-hmm. we had spiritual cleansing and redefinement, which is deliverance and infilling. And we call mm-hmm. this, we call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. Mm-hmm. So we'd always say, Do you want to have an encounter with the Spirit of Truth? And they're like, Yeah, of course. Well, well who mm-hmm. doesn't? Right. So we said it's by invitation and then the Holy Spirit would come and pour over them and they would just their heads would go back. They'd speak in tongues. They were falling on the floor. They were going out in the spirit. I mean, it was really cool. And uh-huh. and I realized that if you're in an environment of radical self-expression and you're in there on assignment right from God, then the Holy Spirit's radically self-expressive. Mm-hmm. And he just did things that we, you know, because he's, he knows, he knows their story. And God mm-hmm. was really specific about that. He said, you know, in the church, we've tried to heal people and we've tried to make them better, but we don't know their story. Mm-hmm. We don't know why they got into a lifestyle that they did. We don't know their background. We don't know what they, what they walk through or any of that. And we had true reflections where we'd stand with a mirror and yeah, we'd have them sit and tell us everything they see in the morning. 
when they got up and then we would stand with the mirror and create a brand new identity for them while they're watching, while they're looking at themselves. Mm -hmm. And we actually got to do this at an art festival. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you to tell this, tell this story. It's so cool. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And it was in Orange County and it was on a plaza, you know, kind of an outdoor deal. And uh, we brought our mirrors, the $5 Walmart mirrors. And we brought them in. The director of the art festival said, well, I, you really can't be here. I mean, you're not, you're not like doing art. And I said, no, no, it's, it's verbal art. And she was like, I've never heard of that. And, you know, it's kind of like you're BSing me. Yeah, totally. Right. So I said, no, 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 sit down in the chair. And I said, we do, we paint a picture with words. It's, it's verbal art to create. And so she sat down and we did true reflections on her and she was sobbing because God was giving us specific downloads for her to restore her from hurt, from trauma, from years of pain and rejection as an artist where she'd never felt accepted. And, and, you know, all of the things she had uh, tried to put together in her life had been uh, poo-pooed or they hadn't been celebrated, you know? So when we did that, she said, you've got free reign, do whatever this is amazing. I've never seen, heard, or even experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we did it. And then with along with that, we did label removal. And that's labels that we saw on people, whether it be, you know, rejection or, um, you know, exclusion. Um, you know, there's a there was a book out years ago, a little I think it's a few years ago, my da- I saw it on my daughter's dresser called Uninvited. It became a bestseller. I'd never read the book. But mm-hmm. it was things like that where people just didn't feel included. They felt they were, um, you know, they were uninvited. They were mm-hmm. not, they were not welcomed. Yeah. And, uh, or you're stupid or you, you don't learn or you're, you know, whatever labels seem to be highlighted. Um, and so we would just prophetically take them off off and then again re re um just really tell them and encourage them and give them something to hold on to and so we did that um and then we had the white light special no one knows what that is that was just whatever the holy spirit wanted to do but we didn't again we call them the spirit of truth so they would sit in the chair they didn't really know what they wanted and god would just do whatever he saw they needed. Um, and our whole team was so fluid. We were able to just move with the Holy Spirit, however he wanted. We, we took off all of our church thoughts and caps and stuff, you know, and threw that out the window and said, well, God, what do you want to do? You can be as extreme as you need to. I mean, we'll go with you, like whatever you need us to do. There were times when the Holy Spirit would come over a person by their invitation and we backed off. I felt like we were like spiritual midwives or something. I mean, because God didn't have need of us to do or say anything. He was doing it right there. 
Yeah, I just think it's so cool that like, um, I know there's a lot of people that are like, but you didn't say the name of Jesus, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm sure there were times, there's been times where you maybe you're like, okay, now I'll, I'll go all in, you know, but your approach is never that overtly. But the interesting thing is I'm reminded of a guy named Mike Thompson. He's out of Nevada. He's come on Elijah streams a few times and he was talking about how he was at an event and he was praying for people in the name of Jesus and they get slain in the spirit or whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden it, it started the, the God's presence started increasing so much that he would, he wouldn't even say anything. He would just walk in front of somebody and they would fall over. And he was like, God, I didn't even get to pray. What's going on? He's like, didn't, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you coming in my name? That's you know? Right. And, and I thought that that's what I thought of when you were talking is like, you guys were all coming in the name of the Lord, you were coming that's right. to represent him. And I yeah. think that's so, it's such a powerful testimony of, yeah. you always think, okay, now I need to say this. I need to say that. You were like, yeah, all of it go away. Everything, all the boxes all go away. Exactly. It was like, we didn't have to say the name of Jesus and they knew they would tell us. Uh, we had a guy literally, I mean, well, after the encounter, they would say, what is that? Or what just happened to me? And we also had to come to terms with the fact that church hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay. God hardened. They don't, if you were to say Jesus or God to them, they would immediately profile you and they would say, are you a Christian? And my answer is always, I'm a follower of Jesus. So I never agreed with them because their definition of Christian and my definition of Christian are two different things because yep. the enemy's done a great job of trying to give Jesus a black eye. Mm. So I would say I'm a follower of Jesus and they would, that is saying the same thing. Right. And so then the Lord said, identify me by my attributes. Then once they've had the encounter, tell them who I am and where it came from. And we did. And there was one guy that came in, he was crazy, like sitting down, he had, a, he had some kind of like a handkerchief or something on his head. We have video of this right here. Mm -hmm. And, and um, he's sitting there cross-legged Indian style and he's having this encounter, right? Because he wants an encounter with spirit of truth. And he gets up. Now we have a full tent. We have like 40 to 50 people in this tent, right? I mean, because people were coming out of the woodwork when they were because the Holy Spirit was so powerful mm. in our tent and what was happening that they were seeking us out. Okay. So we had a big full tent. He gets up and he starts going around to everyone, putting his hand on their chest, going, the spirit of truth is Jesus. The spirit of truth is Jesus. This guy said it. That guy who wasn't even on our team. He's like, the spirit of truth is Jesus. And we're like, mm -hmm. like, and so Caleb, my friend and I were back there going, can you believe this? And I said, what is your name? After he'd done this, like 20 to 20 people, I said, what is your name? And he goes, Abraham. <laughs> went, of course, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, why, why wouldn't yeah. I know that? Right? Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. And so we were just blown away as much as anyone else. And uh, they, they knew that we were, but we brought him differently. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we introduced G them to Jesus in a different way. And I always think of it, the best similar story I can give you uh, in the Bible would be when um, the four men had the 
paralytic Mm -hmm. on a stretcher, remember? And they went to Peter's, I think it's Peter's Peter's mother-in-law's house. And they went to go in and uh, because Jesus was in there, right? In the house. But the, the door, the front door was blocked. Too many people, they couldn't get in. So they had to come up with a different way. They had to come up with another way to get their friend in front of the one who could do something about his situation. Mm-hmm. And they went to extreme measures to do it, but it was different. It was creative. And they had to, to come up the side of a, of a house on steps. They had to consider where they thought Jesus might be. Then they had to take all the, the branches and the dirt and whatever else was on the roof. And don't you know that made a huge ruckus, right? <laughs> so people were like, what's happening here um, ruining the service they, yeah <laughs> and then it took them in unity to hold him carefully so he didn't flop off on one side mm-hmm. or the other while they lowered him down in front of the one the only one who could do something about his condition and that's how i viewed it that's how i saw god instruct us like i'm not going to do things the same way that you've always done them and when we, you know, how many times now have we heard, behold, I do a new thing? Well, we all celebrate that. We think, oh, goody, goody, God's going to do a new thing. Well, when he does and everybody gets in a fit, they all like, well, we don't do it like that. You know, we did it this, we've been doing it this way. Well, but God wants to do it a different way. And we're also in a different era right now. And the people and the mindset of this era and generation and generations under you even are being fed information that is not truthful. Mm, Preach it. And it's, it's not even solid. It's just, it's ideology. It is uh, forming opinions, making up their own rules. Um, There are no absolutes, you know, and, and all kinds of things. And so in order for, for people to, now be willing to even listen to you, you have to earn their trust. They're not going to just listen to what you have to say because they don't trust anybody. And they think they're right. And a lot of it is humanism. We saw a lot of humanism out there, which means, you know, we would say even the, even the director, Larry, who passed away, he was the founder of Burning Man. Um, And they said to him, um, you know, do you believe in, in God and he, or do you believe in a supreme being, God? And he says, no. He said, I'm an atheist. And he said, um, we don't believe in, in a supreme being. We believe that beings are supreme. Mm. And so it began to, to give us a heads up on, hmm, so this is that what they, this is what they adhere to. This is what they've come into agreement with, even though it's not true. Um, and so we had to find a way to introduce them to a God they didn't think was there. And the way we did it was changing our language and following the direction of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus taught us that. He said, look, if you follow me and every person is different in every way he wants to reach people are different. Um, he said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. But if you do it your old way and you just keep doing it all the time, then that way, he said, you'll you'll lose the people that I'm sending you. Mm. And, you know, we go into the deep 
yeah. for the big catch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we do. We go mm. into the deep. So we even have to be more skilled at how we're we're navigating. Because in certain arenas, that could it could put you in real danger and your t- your team in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, "You're going to be hated by all men because of me." And all of you who desire to live Christ uh, godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. So, mm-hmm. we have to find how to be stealth. Yeah. How do we go in and we're we're able to accomplish our mission? Bobby Connor called me out on this too before he even knew I was doing these outreaches. He said, "You're like an F-22." He said, "You go in below the enemy's. Uh, you know, you know, you go in." A stealth, accomplish your mission, and get out without ever being detected on radar. Mm-hmm. And I said, "You're right." Mm-hmm. And we did it through the vehicle of dreams. We did it at the adult convention. God started having us go into the porn conventions, which was just mm-hmm. heartbreaking for me. Oh, I, I think more so, more than Burning Man, it was heartbreaking. Really? Why? Why do you mm-hmm. think that is? Because it was so vile. It was so in your face. And mm-hmm. it was, it felt like a different planet. Yeah. It, it felt to me like, I can't believe it's a frog in the water, right? So it felt like people had been conditioned, conditioned, conditioned to think this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Now they found a tribe. They found a group of people that all think that too. Mm-hmm. Now they've developed this whole culture of so what, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I started going into the adult conventions back. I started Burning Man in 2003. I started um, going into the adult conventions in 2008 or nine. And it took my breath away. And I was so shocked to see these young girls who oh, were so hurting and yeah. I could see their hearts. So that even made it worse, you know, for me, because I could see that, trauma, the desperation, the pain on them. And, um, and, but the Lord, like I I was literally walking down the convention center my first time going in and he said, I, he got my attention. He goes, I've seen this. I've seen it. And he said, um, you're seated with me right here in heavenly places. It was like theater seats, you know, he pushed it down and said, you're seated with me. He said, so I'm going to guide you to the ones. He said, I've got people praying for people in here, and I need a volunteer. I need for you to go in. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll equip you on the go. Yeah. You just need to know that I'm not shocked. You'll be shocked because you've never seen it. But if you're seated with me and you know I've already seen it, you're already – I live in you and you live in me. So, therefore, I'm already – I'm going to guide you to the one that you need to talk to. And then we used dreams to go in. Um, we only have a moment with them because they were working. Mm. And so we would say, we're dream interpreters. We're here every year. And we gained like a favor. We gained favor just going in and, um, and interpreting dreams. And we just had a moment because they're working. And if we're taking their time, and their fans can't get to them or whatever, it was packed out, mm-hmm. um, then we would get in trouble for taking their time. So we had to really be in quick, you know, just let me come back around. We were in there four full days. So we'd come back around and we sometimes we just have to build, you know, mm-hmm. 
I remember you and your dream and this and that. I think I might have a little bit more to tell you about this. And mm. so the last day they were a whole lot more open because they were getting ready to leave. So it wasn't as um, intense, yeah. but um, we were able to give them new direction. We would tell them, you know, this is what you've settled for, but this is not what you're made for. And we would um, give them mama hugs because, you know, we're moms. I took a bunch of women in here and, um, and they just loved it. We didn't want anything from them. And we were open armed accepting them in their condition, just like Jesus does us. And um, they would beg us to come back and give them another hug. So I was, again, just like, I don't understand the love of God. Like I think I do, you know, yeah. every time I get into one of these places, I'm like, I, I, I didn't see it coming. Like I, I, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to bring them out. I wanted them to take, I wanted to take them home. Some of them, cause they were so broken. They were really, they were so broken. And, and I, all I could do is, um, is offer them, you know, just words of encouragement, give them a hug, give them, you know, a future, tell them, here's what I see you doing. Mm. When is your contract up? You know, that kind of thing. And, and we had to be careful because um, they're not the people that run that place, that whole arena are unfriendly toward yeah. anyone who would, you know, so. Yeah. And then um, the pagan festival, that was another, that was, <laughs> I don't know how I found myself, but this was a. <laughs> where am I, God? Yeah. <laughs> where, where am I now? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that? There was that show where the guy ends up in all these places, you know, Quantum Leap. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, years ago. Uh, I remember. Bacula, I think. Bacula, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, that's how I felt. I'm like, how did I get here? You know, yeah. what do I do when I. See? And, um, but we had. Uh, you know, we had a sign in the, on the table that said, help us go to Burning Man. So the, the people at the Pagan Festival would come in and they had on their pentagrams and they were Wiccans and they were this and that and whatever. And we would just interpret their dreams or we would give them. And, and I'd have to hold their pentagrams and stuff in my hand because it would try and direct them while I was trying to direct them. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I had to learn that because I didn't know. And I could see things moving on their you know, thing moving and I just took it in my hand and it, you know, it would be burning or wiggle is weird. And wow. so I just went, no, you're not in control yeah. of this one. Right. And then I got to see God's authority. And I mean, the power of God, when you make room for him, it's just what you told me about Mike. And when you make room for the Holy spirit, he shows up and literally shuts everything else down. Anything else is shut down when you give him, when you show up and he's in you. And it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, um, I've heard it called your firmament. It's like you're, you're exuding your, you, this, the Holy spirit is going out through you because you're like a host mm. and then, um, it will shut everything else down. And I watched people, especially at Burning Man, come in tripping on anything. They were on okay. acid. They were on, you know, on um, any kind of like ecstasy or any of that. And the moment they walked into our tent, because it was the presence of God was there and we had marked our territory off, right? Mm -hmm. 
and for God just to be there, holy unto the Lord. And they'd walk in and they would instantly get sober. It didn't matter what. It didn't matter what they were tripping on. They were no longer tripping. <laughs> so they're tripping and, on and, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true because it, he he literally does make all things new. So help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Everything just fell under that authority. And so they were they were like, what? is going on like this is supernatural this is weird this is spooky they named it every kind of thing we said yes it's all of that (laughs) it's supernatural for sure and and then i i would speak to their spirit and i'd say you know you're one-third spirit so right now i'm going to bypass your mind and your will and your emotions and i'm going to go straight into because your body's soul and spirit, right? Your soul's contained with mind, will, and emotions. And I, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to bypass your body. I'm going to bypass your um, your soul. And I'm going to go right into your spirit. We're going to talk to that right now. And so it was a spirit-to-spirit encounter. And the Holy Spirit began to just tell them whatever he needed to say. And they were wide open because they were like, I've never heard that. I've never, you know, he... How many know that Jesus can arrest a crowd, mm. right? If he walks in, everybody's like, yeah, uh, okay, okay, you know, so, wow. And he's absolute authority. He's absolute holiness. He's absolute power. And when he takes over, that's it. So, um, and we realize that, you know, if God's for us, he can be against us. So, we weren't afraid to go do the great commission. He wouldn't tell you to go do something and then not give you the tools to do it. So good. Well, I think too, like the whole God is for us, who can be against us. Like a lot of these things in the Bible, I think um, we're waiting for um, a certain level of revelation. Okay. Now I've got it. Okay. I've got all these things. Okay. So if somebody says this, I do this. If somebody says that I do this, but really what it sounds like with you is, is you just got pushed out into the deep and God was like, now swim and I'll, I'll help you swim, you know? And yeah, and it, it really seems like that. And it's like a learn by doing versus a, you know, like head knowledge, which is so um, it's, it's a problem in the West. Definitely. You know, where it's like, we think we mm-hmm. need to get everything in here and then we'll know, you know, yeah. and then we, then I'll be ready. But my experience too, nothing on par with yours for sure. But- <laughs> My experience has been uh, very similar in that it's like, it's a learn by doing thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just walking out in faith, believing God, you know, at his word, and then seeing him honor his word and, yeah. and like, whoa, it is real, you know? And I think <laughs> that the learning by doing thing, even though it is, un- it can be uncomfortable, um, but it's in my opinion, it's so much better, you know? Oh yeah. Well, it was, it it was, you, you grew as much as the person you were impacted as much as the person who was being impacted. Right. Mm. So you learned another, you learned about God, like how much he loves you by the love that would pour through you. That was supernatural to someone who didn't think God loved them at all. And then you're like, 
he loves us like that too. Like he loves me like that. Like he would chase after me like that. If I was, if the tables were turned, if that girl who's, who's the, uh, you know, porn actress, if that was me and that girl was coming, you know, and God sent that girl after me. I mean, I just thought these things, like I switched places. I went, that's insane love. I mean, that he would even go after us to such a degree. And, and so it strengthened my heart. It strengthened my, my walk with him. It strengthened my confidence about, about the fact he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is completely intent on delivering us from the plans of the evil one. He is stripping Satan's hands off of people. We canceled death assignments on people. We canceled uh, wicked uh, plans that we saw ahead, trips and and traps and all kinds of things that would try and uh, take someone off in a direction they were never meant to go. And I was like, this is crazy. And, And the compassion, we don't have that inside of us normally. It's a supernatural. We become a partaker of the divine nature and he's got compassion. That's what fueled Jesus to do everything he did. Right. So, um, it was, it was incredibly learning for me. And I, I saw that, you know, what we've done, I mean, I'm, I'm in the boat too with what we've done because we pastored for so many years what we did is we put everybody who does certain things in this corral. Uh, so people that are insane sex. So we put them over here and they're in this and we don't touch them and we don't go near them or we don't befriend them or any of that. People that are into Satanism, we put them over here in this corral and people that are in, um, you know, new age, you put them over here and people that are, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like, God never, put them in corrals. He sees them as people and he sees them as people that he created fearfully and wonderfully. And he loves them and he wants them to connect with their original, their organic, their, their real purpose, what they're made for. And, and he's designed them a certain way for a certain time. And they're on the earth right now for this time. They weren't born in the 1800s. They weren't born in the early 1900s. They weren't, you know, they were born for now for something now. And so um, I, I was like, why don't we all connect with our original purpose? Like what we're meant for, what, what are we here to do? Why are we still here? You know, why are we on this earth? And what, what is the job? What is he, what is our son? What are we supposed to be doing? You know, well, we're supposed to occupy until he comes and he's given us all things. He's freely given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we know all things. We have the Holy spirit and we know Mm -hmm. all things. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all these scriptures that you're like, I, I do. I remember the matrix. When, remember when she said he, Leo said to her, or what's his name? Neo. Neo said to her, um, do you know how to drive or fly that motor or that helicopter? And she goes, I will in a minute. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. And they plugged her in. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, got it. Let's go. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it felt. I mean, it's close as a analogy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, there you go. I will in a minute. I, what are you doing? What are you going to do now? You're leading a team, right? And they're asking you, what are you going to do? And I'm, I will in a minute. Yeah. You know, cause he's not going to do the same thing twice. 
And he didn't heal people the same way twice. And Mm -hmm. he didn't encounter them the same way twice. And um, so we had to come alongside, along with him. But he did say, if you put your net into the deep, if you go there, I will give you the big catch. I will Mm -hmm. give you. And now everything I saw from 2003 all the way, you know, Olympics, 2002, the New Age Festival, the end of the 90s, everything that I saw back then is mainstream right now. That's why I wrote this book, Words That Work, because it's like we're, you can't get it away from it now. And, and people are just, they're just starving for truth. And of course, dreams is one of our major fishing lures, if you want to call it that, yeah. you know. Because people are dreaming. God said, Joel 228, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means people that do and don't know them are going to dream. So if they're they're dreaming God dreams and they're going to psychics to get them interpreted, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to raise up an army now of people. We need to be a force that is to be reckoned with. And in order to do that, we're going to have to have unity and we're going to have to put down our offenses and we're going to have to start being an army and we're going to have to obey what God wants us to do. And we're going to have to stop. I just did a video on this uh, that YouTube obviously doesn't want me to put up. It's called uh, it was called decide. It was just today, like just decide what you're going to do. And because um, you can't make you can't make make. A major out of a minor right you make major issues out of minor ones mm-hmm. and you get tripped up with religious stuff and what the church does and what the church doesn't and it's like mm-hmm. oh for pete's sake get out of the church and go into all the world and mm-hmm. see and let god train you how to go into all the world all the world not just part of it you need to go into all the world mm-hmm. and so when we've done that he's shown us things about where we are you know, we, we become like um, those that can discern this, the times and the seasons, you know. So we, we understand. We know where, where we're living. We know what the plan is, and we know what his, his desire is and what the timeline looks like. We're the only ones confined by time. God's not confined by time. But he has an appointed time where he's doing certain things. And so when we go out we're being effective we're being it's almost like god gives us the favor so that they do trust us it's a supernatural trust that they have when we're asking them about a dream now they're telling us about their life and now god's while they're telling us a dream they've had we're getting insight into their life and now we're giving them an interpretation with a word of wisdom or word of knowledge and we're helping them redirect their course. I feel like we're um, air traffic controllers. We're given a whole new. Let's move you this way. Let's let's adjust your compass over here a little bit. Like this mm-hmm. is. Let me tell you what I think your dream means, and then I'm going to tell you why I think you had it, and I'm going to tell you what kind of looks like it's coming up on you because. Because I'm a futurist. I'll call myself a futurist. <laughs> I started doing that with uh, Sundance. Uh, they go, are you, you know, what, what, what are you, a psychic? And I go, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a futurist. I can see future things, you know. Mm. And they're like, well, that's like a psychic. And I don't know, no, my, my, um, my um, 
knowledge, my understanding, it comes from the one who's not bound by time. Mm. There's no time. So I'm able mm. to see according through that, through those eyes, you know, mm. um, what could be coming up. And it's always positive. Um, we always give them something to hold on to. Um, you know, most people don't know what they're made for and they don't know what their purpose is. So yeah. um, it just was a learning curve on so many levels yeah. and I got addicted to doing it. <laughs> I bet. And I love it. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's, it's just fun. It's like, um, my husband was walking, he does his prayer walks, you know, and this was before we moved to Texas and he was walking and he said, you know, God, he was telling God, you know, they don't, people don't like the church. And the Lord spoke back to him and said, they, they've never seen the church. Wow. And then he said, <laughs> he said, well, people don't like Christianity. Yeah. And God spoke to him and said, they don't like powerless Christianity. Wow. Man. So when you get out of the church, when you get outside the church and you begin to do the Great Commission, that's what we're meant to do anyway. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to equip the saints to do the work, right? And we're supposed to do the work. We're supposed to go out and do things. But we've been all, I call it planet Christian or greenhouse, right? Mm -hmm. But when you get outside and you begin to see how much God loves people and how he wants to encounter them or engage them and he wants to reveal himself to them, then you begin to go, I, I want to do this all the time because mm -hmm. I want to help set the captive free mm -hmm. and and proclaim liberty to the captives. I want to, I want to give them a... I want to give them the key to open up their prison door and to give them freedom to, to be who they are and to take off their chains and all of their stuff that they've, they've been either put, they put on themselves or other people put on them or their circumstances or their culture or whatever, like with um, the girls, you know, in the adult uh, convention, most of them have been abused since the time they were little. So they're just, they think that's what their life is like. And we're, we have that, we have that anointing and the words to begin to repaint. Let's peel that back like peeling an onion. Let me peel that back and tell you what, what I see you to be. And I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. So now they're going, why are you here? <laughs> like, you don't, <laughs> you don't fit in here. Like you, why are you here? And You're not here this, for the porn? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, this one yeah. girl, she did say to me once, she said, well, you've seen my videos. And I was shocked. I never, and I looked, I looked at my team, they were laughing. And I go, I'm not, I'm not into porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. I've never seen any yeah. videos at all. Yeah. And um, she goes, well, why are you here? And I said, I'm here for you. Wow. And she was, it, it just undid her. She, she was like, and then I went, I had to go in the bat, like in the bathroom for a minute. And I looked at myself and I went, do I look like I, I, <laughs> do I look like I watched this, you know? <laughs> and my friends were going, that is the funniest thing. I wish I did. Yeah. They were like, we wish we filmed you, your face, yeah. you know? Cause yeah. I was like, oh my God. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. what? So, weird. Um, just to close out, cause we're almost out of time. And I have Cindy. I oh, have really? I, yeah, I have a million I'm other sorry. things that I, oh, don't apologize. Are you kidding? <laughs> I have like a million things that I did not get to. Um, and that that means it was good. Okay. Um, 
but I wanted to talk about this whole thing. I mean, you talked about it a little bit of this whole idea of language landmines. Yes. Um, what, what do you mean when you are referring to language landmines? Well, usually um, people that are God hardened um, are godless. Okay. If they're God confused, they'll give you, you'll have a little bit more leeway with them. You know, you can say certain things. But language landmines will always be usually for the God-hardened. They're the ones that have been hurt in church. They're the ones that have been hurt by religion. And so if you say something and it just triggers a bad experience that they've had in church or from a pastor, and I mean, I'm, I'm finding out um, what went on with people in, from, from leadership you know, who have abused them or hurt them or whatever, it triggers this and then they wall you up and it's a language landmine. So that's why it's so care. You're so careful to only say what God tells you to say to that person. Again, we don't know their story. We don't know what they've been through. So if I say the wrong thing, if I say, that's why I, I have other words for, you know, I say this, not that, right? Um, other words for, uh, we, we call God the creator. It's, it's more palatable to people because in church, he's normally not called the creator. They call him Jesus. They call him God. They call him, you know, we call the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. We call, um, he, we call him the healer. We call him uh, compassion. We call him um, things that are easy to it's called scratching the itch it's like we want to make them understand that we're not coming to you with a with a um we're not we're not trying to get you in the net so to speak you know mm -hmm. jesus fishes men teaches us how to fish men but he nets them he's the one that brings them in and people are in a process of coming to god and so um you can have your own story you can always tell this is my story. This is what happened to me. And I do that a lot. I'll go, well, I'm not pushing this on you. I'm just telling you that back in 73, this thing happened and that thing happened. And then all of a sudden my whole life was completely changed and it's been that way and evolving, you know, and, um, and I try and be just as real as I can be with people. And I make room for their sorrow and their sadness and the hurt. And I apologize sometimes, I do identificational repentance. I'm like, I'm so sorry that ever happened to you. That should have never been your story. That should have never been your experience. And that was not what, you know, that's not what love does. Love doesn't treat people like that. Love doesn't, um, you know, love is patient and it's kind and it's, it's, you know, it's strong and it's, you know, all the things in first Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. And, and you're like, that's what love does. Love doesn't, make you a, a, a prisoner. It, it doesn't, it doesn't suffocate you. It doesn't put re restrictions and things on you. And it doesn't in, in the name of religion or in the name of church or in the name of God, even horrible things have been done to people. So if I say that language to them and they've had those experiences, it is a language landmine. It will blow up on me and they will not give me any more time to talk with them at all. And this was something I had to learn because I, I would ask people to tell, tell me your story. What, what happened, you know, or do you need a safe place? Do you need a place you can just say what you need or 
talk about something because, you know, I'm, I'll listen. I don't even have to say anything back. I can just hug them or I can just let them know, you know, whatever God tells me to do. There's times when there was a friend of ours who was on one of our teams and he had a, a sign he made, just a cardboard sign. And he went to the temple at Burning Man and the, the sign said, you talk and I'll listen. Isn't that powerful? And yeah, like you just powerful. talk and, and I'll listen because most people aren't heard. And if we in the church, we've learned very well how to listen to respond, but we've never learned to listen to hear. Mm, that's really good. So if, if we want, if we really want to let Jesus, if we're going to be an example of him, and a light and an aroma of him in every place. We need to learn how to listen to hear instead of listen to respond. That's really good. That's super and, deep. <laughs> yeah. It's in the deep. We're in yeah. the deep. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would imagine too, even like um, the whole idea for some people, uh, the whole idea of God as a father, if they were abused by a father, and maybe it's, it depends on the person, but maybe there are people that are like, Ooh, no, nope, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Um, and then maybe there are some people that encounter God as a father and actually have a really emotional reaction to it because they didn't have a father who was a good father, you know? So, mm -hmm. it, but I would imagine that takes, it, it kind of is, it's not like a one size fits all where, Oh, if this person, you just let God do what he's going to do. Yeah. You say no, it's what not. you to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had him, you know, say, are you calling God a he? Oh. And I was like, hmm. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, a father. And so now we're into, into all this other stuff. What gender are you? What pronoun do you use? You know, this and that. Well, those are language landmines. So now you've got that. And we didn't have that. Even two years ago, we didn't have that. So now we're into all this mixed up stuff that people are trying to figure out. So that's why if you just change your language and we don't take, I call them cheap shots. You know, I, I don't say church words on the street. I'll put it that way. I communicate like I communicate. Let's do um, Jeremiah 29, 11. What does it say? I know my thoughts toward you says the Lord, not for calamity, but to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope, right? So I can say the same thing. I can go, you know what? You're not made for destruction. You're not made for devastation, but you're meant to have a very full life and to give you a vision of things to come and give you something to hold on to and a target to shoot for. I just told them Jeremiah 29, 11, and what, what God says in his word. I just use different words and give you a target, give you something to shoot for, give you something to aim for, because this is what you're made for and it will fit you beautifully and it will give you fulfillment and you will feel very rich and, and be able to, to navigate your life in, in satisfaction with understanding why you're made the way you are by the creator and put you together. So good, man. Well, Cindy, I, I want to give you an opportunity to pray for people that maybe are like, man, I just, can you just pray for me? Cause I've been, 
I've been feeling like I'm supposed to do the same thing, but I'm really afraid, you know, <laughs> however you feel led, go ahead and just pray for the people. Okay. Just so you know, I'm going to say this too. It took me a while. I mean, this wasn't something that just happened overnight. I had to walk it out. So never feel like you're going to get it first on the first strike, right? This is something, it's a learned behavior. It's a learned way of, of seeing how God sees, right? And then communicating that way. So Father, I just want to thank you for the time we live in right now. And I want to thank you that we're here during this time. And God, I want to pray for every person who has this passion and this call to go into all the world and be able to be a, a light in dark places. You said that when um, arise, shine, and your light will come and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you for darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover people. But we're going to rise up because our light, that's you, the light is inside of us. And we're going to see your goodness and we're going to see you rescue people from pits of hell. And Father, I just want to give, I want to pray for boldness. And I want to pray for the absence of fear, which is perfect love that casts out fear. God, I pray that you'd open us all up to see how you see, to go with your plan, understanding that you would not give us a directive and not give us the uh, tools and the ability to go and to do what you've instructed us to do. I want to ask you, God, to increase dreams on every person that's listening, that you give us direction in our dreams. You gave Joseph, the father of Jesus, three dreams, how to keep Jesus alive during his first time coming to earth. And now he's getting ready to come back and dreams are increasing again. It is your secret language. And we ask you to help us value dreams like you value dreams, God. And Lord, I just want to ask you that you would remove from us the sting of everything that's happened in church, everything that has been a negative or bad experience, and that you would help us to trust you again, God. And you would give us, Lord, the, the idea, the understanding, God, that you're with us and that you're teaching us how to, to walk with you through times and, and roads that don't look like they're there. Because you said you make a way where there is no way. You make pathways even... Uh, you make ways in the wilderness and in, in times when we don't see a path, we don't know what is ahead. But God, you said you're protecting us. You go before us and you bring up the rear guard. So we thank you for increasing our trust in you and increasing our ability to hear your voice even more clearly. And God, let us put away all of our fear and all of our stuff that we've all excuses <laughs> And God, we want to hold your hand and we want to run boldly into the fireplace, into the fiery place that you're taking us, where we're not even going to come out smelling like smoke, but we're going to bring others out with us. So we thank you for doing that. And I just thank you for Elijah List and Elijah Streams and everyone there, God, and the, 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 the great gold that you've put inside of Steve and Doreen and all of their staff and people that have that have reached far beyond any place in this time that you've, you've had them doing these sessions. And I just thank you for them. And I thank you for blessing them and strengthening them and encouraging them and prospering them, God, and just really pouring out all good things on them and on this ministry. And I thank you for the newcomers, the ones that are coming up. And give us insight. God, help us to see what you see and think what you think. You said, my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. So teach us. Teach us your ways and your thoughts. So I just thank you for doing that. 
in Jesus' name. Right? Amen. Um, oh, man. This was so, so good, Cindy. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was fun. It was so great. Um, so how can people... Um, uh, how can people follow you? Obviously you had, you mentioned YouTube, which has been exciting yeah, yeah. lately, apparently. Yeah. Uh, YouTube. And uh, of course my uh, website is cindymiguel.org. Make sure you go to .org. Um, I had it um, taken from me from at one of my adult conventions. So you don't want to go to the other one. Uh, make sure that you go to yeah, .org. And then they wanted money to get it back. That was funny. Oh, um, and then also, you know, I've got the shout. It's a it's a newsletter that we send out every uh, about once a week, maybe or twice a month. And it gives you all the upcoming events. It tells you what we've got. I do dream classes online. I'm doing words that work online. Mm -hmm. And then we're getting ready to do what we call life support. It's going to be conversation around a table where we can just talk and we can address certain issues and things that are coming up. Oh, and so that's going to be new. We haven't done that before. And um, we just want to help people grow. We want to help you get over your fear. And we want to help you just understand that, look, the world is wide open to us right now. We've got a time and space for us to do this work. And um, and that God is near right now, too. And he said, call upon me while he's near, right? And so that we can understand how we're going to navigate this third great awakening that's coming. So we don't get ourselves sideways or we don't begin to assume certain things that God isn't telling us. So, and we're just going to try and help people transition because we're in a new era. We're not fighting the same giants we did even two, five years ago or 10, or especially in the seventies. My age group is stuck in the seventies or the eighties, you know, it's like, hello, come on, you, know, come on. you know, they're not even, the TV shows aren't even the same. I mean, yeah everything is different. So, and these kids don't know any different. You know, my, my cousin, or rather my niece asked me and she's older and she said, who's Bob Dylan? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to punch you. you know? I know who Bob Dylan who's, is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, sendingmiguel.org and then YouTube and then rumble. Of course I have a rumble okay. channel as well. And um we're going to try and keep things moving along as we develop. We'll just put more and more up and um, we're just going to take, take the kingdom into the world and yeah. watch his kingdom come and his will be done on this earth right now. I mean, I always think of it like this, you know, I'm like, well, what are you doing with your life? I mean, you got this much time on earth. Why not just go for it? You know, just go for it and, and get, get trained and get equipped and get words that work. Mm -hmm. words at work. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. You have books. She's got books. I have everybody. words at work, and I have the dream book. Yeah, and then I have a dream journal, and then um, but words at work is also on Kindle, and I have someone who's actually as a gift doing it on audio. Oh, cool. uh, so yeah, so that'll be available before too long. So, awesome. so be yeah, but that. words at work—that's my gold. I mean, and I've got more. I want to write another book to do this book because some of the stories. I, I had to, I, I couldn't get them all in there. You know, there's just so many stories that told of, of God's wonderful uh, ability to reach people and, and the heart behind it, you know, mm -hmm. 
um, that I want to I want to make sure to get as much out as I can. So yeah, so we'll put the links to those in the description, everybody. Well, Cindy, yeah. thank you so much again for the fifty time. This was this was so great. So, alrighty, buddy. Yeah. Everybody, that was our show. Uh, I hope you were just as blessed as I was and inspired to, to do big things and to think outside the box and, and to just yield to the spirit. And so everybody, as we always say on this show, engage your faith. Remember to engage your faith. God bless you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.